the odds of going to the moon successfully without killing the crew on the first attempt with untried equipment was only one in 10,000 chance, a virtual guarantee they're going to kill the crew on national TV. Keep in mind a filmmaker's job is to make fake scenes look real. And I could tell you not only that the moon pictures were 100% filmed with electrical lighting, I could tell you what kind of lighting they used because I had it in my closet. So it's actually super duper easy to fake going to the moon and you have everyone predisposed to wanting to believe it. Hello everyone. That was the voice of today's guest, Moon Man Bart Sabrell. Mr. Sabrell has produced two documentaries on the moon landings. A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon, where he presents what he contends is proof NASA faked the missions, and Astronauts Gone Wild, where Buzz Aldrin punches him in the face. For this interview, I went looking for the best criticisms of Bart's claims and put them to him. I think this is informative whatever side of the debate you fall upon. For the criticisms, I'm indebted to the YouTube channel Humans of Earth, and I'll link to that work as well as Bart's in the info box. At points, I bring photos up on screen. I describe them as best I can, and I think it's perfectly possible just to listen to this interview. However, you might want to check the video out later to see exactly what we're talking about. I start out by asking Bart how he became the Moon Man. Well, I grew up believing that the moon missions are real, like most people, although there actually was a survey done in 1969, and 10% of Americans doubted the authenticity of the moon missions in 1969. I just come upon a movie I'd never heard of, considering I'm the moon man, called Countdown, starring the top Hollywood actors at the time, released a year before. And if you listen to the promo, it says they will go to the moon. This will happen. And apparently this is part of that tie-in with Hollywood and the government of brainwashing people into believing that the moon missions are real. In fact, my father was in the Air Force, a high-ranking officer, and I was surrounded by aviation and rocketry my whole life. And he got a VIP package of color prints from Apollo 11. I was four years old asleep in bed at the time, but a few weeks later, I get this cherished present of these 20 pictures, and I put them up on my bedroom wall where they were a literal shrine to the moon landing. And I had them on my wall from age four to 14, 10 years, seeing them every day, 3,650 times before I even questioned the authenticity of them. Now, fortunately, by the time I did that, I was a 14-year-old with an open mind, and I saw a television program with the name of a gentleman by the name of William Casey, who had top security clearance at NASA during development of the Apollo rocket. And he read a classified memo from Von Braun to the Pentagon warning them that the odds of going to the moon successfully without killing the crew on the first attempt with untried equipment was only one in 10,000 chance, a virtual guarantee they're gonna kill the crew on national TV. So in poker, when you have crap, what do you do? You bluff, you pretend that you have more than you really do. So after I saw that program as a 14 year old, I went back to my bedroom shrine of the Apollo 11 pictures and I looked at them. 
eyes wide shut, you could say. And suddenly I saw that the soil was brown and the background was grayish blue. Now they've since color corrected this in later prints. And you could see if you weren't assuming they were real, that these were in fact shot with fake backdrops. And then fast forward another 10 years, I'm 24 at this point in the story, and I had become a filmmaker. Keep in mind a filmmaker's job is to make fake scenes look real. And I could tell you not only that the moon pictures were 100% filmed with electrical lighting, I could tell you what kind of lighting they used because I had it in my closet. And I was editing one day uh, for the gentleman who had produced that TV show I'd seen 10 years earlier as a 14-year-old. And I said, who is that guy on your program who said we didn't go to the moon? I'd like to talk to him. So he put me in touch with him. It was Bill Casing who suggested that I, as a filmmaker, make a documentary about the moon landing fraud. So I basically took off six months and did extensive research. I mean, you can really prove the moon landing fraud with one picture. If your listeners go to subrel.com, just my last name, S as in Sam, I, B as in boy, R-E-L, subrel.com, my new book, which is called Moon Man, the true story of a filmmaker on the CIA hit list because we found a recording of an Apollo astronaut and his son plotting my assassination by the CIA, which would not be necessary if the moon missions are real. And my book is interactive. There are 16 video clips at sabrell.com that you can watch for free. And the very first one is a three-minute video explaining why the moon missions are fake, including this picture of shadows intersecting at 90 degrees from objects five feet apart. When if you go out on a bright sunny day and look at two trees, two telephone poles, or you and a friend in a parking lot or front yard, your shadows will always be parallel in sunlight. It's impossible for them to intersect in sunlight. So if they're intersecting at 90 degrees, like they do in the Apollo pictures from objects five feet apart, then that's electrical lighting, which means they're on Earth because there was no need for power or, you know, they had bright sun, allegedly, if they're on the surface of the moon. And so I actually turned down the project originally for fear if the moon missions were fake and I start overturning these rocks, that could be hazardous to my health. And I said, I'm not going to risk my life or what Tricky Dick Nixon did in 1969. No, thank you. And fast forward another five years, probably about 29 years old at this point in the story. And I had a client who was a famous Christian musician who said they'd get one of my screenplays to a famous Hollywood producer if I did them a favor. And I'm like, oh, what favor? They said, read the Bible. So I got what's called a one-year Bible, uh, the entire Bible divided into 365 calendar day readings of about 15 minutes each. And actually, over the next five years, I read the Bible five times from cover to cover. Now, I wasn't a Christian by any means, but it did develop in me the conviction that there is right versus wrong, good versus evil, truth versus lies. And if the moon missions were faked, which they really were, that is more profound historically than if they had actually gone. I mean, if you look at the two possibilities, Richard, you have either they planted a flag on a rock and came back or... They embezzled hundreds of billions of dollars, lied to the encyclopedia, 
murdered people to keep it a secret and gave these guys medals of honor for being such good liars. That event is actually more profound historically than with than if they had actually gone. And when I realized that, I said, I'm going to die anyway. This is worth dying for because this is an important truth the world needs to know. And as serendipity would have it, a few days later, I meet a millionaire who builds rockets for NASA who told me the moon missions were fake. He gave me a million dollars to produce my films to expose the fraud, which your listeners can watch for free at sabrell.com. Okay. Thanks for that. So in the film, there's, I suppose, two pieces of evidence that jump out of me as being particularly strong. The one you mentioned about the angles of the photographs, which a lot of people, a lot of moon researchers have picked up on. And then there's another piece that's, I suppose, unique to you of footage you found, uh, which you contend completely proves that the, um, the astronauts on Apollo 11 were faking shots of the Earth. Okay, so what I've done is I've composed some, I, I've got uh, images of both of those cases, and I've composed some critical questions about it, because I think this is the core of it, right? If, if like this can be nailed down beyond criticism, then it's a slam dunk. Okay, so um, I'm going to do a screen share, if you just bear with me two seconds, and I think I'm going to bring up the image one that you use. Okay, so you should see on your screen now an image of the an astronaut's shadow on the moon. Are you seeing that? Yeah, I do. I see it. Yeah. This is from so, Apollo 17, and which is the alleged last mission to the moon, proving they never went, because this astronaut, Shadow, is running at 12 o'clock, and that rock, about five feet away from his feet, the shadow's at 9 o'clock. Now, that just cannot happen in sunlight. It's scientifically impossible. This cannot be duplicated in sunlight. It can only be duplicated in electrical light. This one picture proves scientifically that this picture, which they claim was taken on sunlight on the moon, was in fact taken with electrical light, which means they're on Earth. End of story. Okay, so here come, here come the hardball questions I've got, Bart. So I'm going to flick along to people who claim that this isn't true. And what, what you have to take into account is the topography, the land can make shadows do strange things on Earth. So this is from a, a critic of yours, this next image, and he's, he's set up a shot taking a picture of his shadow, presumably of the sun behind him. And then if you look at the angle of the rocks off to the right-hand side, he says, well, they're doing the same thing in natural sunlight. And I might come back to that in a sec. I'll just move along to a couple more. So you have here like a shot of straight railings, and because they're on sand, which is waving all over the place, the shadows then go all over the place. Well, and, hold there, hold there. Yep, but, yep, go, uh, on. go Go back. Go back to that one. Yeah, but the point is they don't intersect. They don't intersect at 90 degrees. And there's another critical point. Your person who's, you know, a diehard person who thinks the moon landings are real no matter what. In fact, a person like him I talked to, who's a director of an aerospace department at a major university, he told me if he saw Buzz Aldrin confessing on national TV that the moon missions were fake, he would still think he walked on the moon anyway. These are the people we're dealing with. First of all, I'm a filmmaker. The film, go back to Apollo 17, that is taken with a 50 millimeter lens. It's not a wide angle lens. And the soil is straight, as straight as can be. There's no humps and it doesn't matter. Because if you go to that one of the two railing, even though 
the 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 uh, ang the sand is going up and down like that little hump toward the top of the picture. It still doesn't intersect at ninety degrees. Now, if you go back to the one in the parking lot, assuming that's a real picture, this is shot with a cell phone. A cell phone is like five times five hundred percent wider than a 50 millimeter lens. It's almost a fisheye lens. That's the kind of lenses they put on cell phones. It curves the picture. The fact is the shadow curvature that you're seeing is the curvature of the lens. What he really needs to do is take this same picture with a 50 millimeter lens. And I guarantee you that the shadows will go in the same direction. Okay. Now I've just got one more. I think it's, that's a great answer. Thank you. It gives a lot to go off. This is the the shot from your uh, documentary. A funny thing happened. And what yeah, I've I mean, done look is at, just... look at look at this. In fact, look at the shadow to the top right going over the house. Okay, I would say that the ground and the house that's quite a bit difference of surface uh, angle, isn't it? And yet the shadow still goes straight. The shadow is still going in the same direction, even though there's a curvature of the landscape of 90 degrees, which is the house. These two telephone poles, their shadows do not intersect. This is a distance equal to the rock and the astronaut. Let's just say the, the telephone pole on the left is the astronaut and the telephone pole on the right is the rock. This is how the shadows should look in sunlight. Right. Back to Apollo 17 again, and they look completely different. And even though there's a 90-degree difference where the shadow goes up the house, it doesn't change the angle of the shadow, now does it? So how could the landscape going up by 5 or 10 degrees change the angle of the shadow when a 90-degree curvature of the house doesn't cause the shadow to change direction? Right, but you can see how... Well, so. For example, you're not saying it's perfect, right? Like you can see how the the shadow bends due to the camber of the road and when well, it hits the curve. Well, not really, not really. What you're, this is kind of an unfair example. These red lines here. But I stuck them be... on. I just told to the audience, no, this okay, is. Well, I, I just well, stuck them on as a kind of guide. What you really need, what, what you really need to do, is move the red line to the center of the black shadow of the first telephone pole. So if you move that red line toward the bottom to the middle of the shadow and the next line to the middle of the shadow, and the third line to the middle of the shadow, you would see it's actually going in a straight line. You see? <laughs> so yeah. you see what I'm saying? It doesn't change at all. You've just kind of not laid the uh, red lines in a fair example. If you pop okay. them into the exact middle of the shadow on all three segments, you'll see they line up. Okay, but the, the core takeaway is you're saying that this picture it the the fact that the shadows are bending that's created by the type of lens they're using and that's if they a use fish eye this, lens. yeah i mean i'm a filmmaker i use fish eye and wide angle lenses all the time and they curve the image and that's absolutely that's not the kind of lens that's being used here so that means no, that's artificial 50, lighting all, all the apollo missions used a 50 millimeter lens which is not wide at all and leaning toward telephoto so that's what this is taken with, and you'll see there's no change in the landscape. And, of course, we just saw even having a house there doesn't change the direction of the shadow. There's no excuse for this picture having these shadows at 90 degrees except that it's electrical lighting. And it's really weird when Mythbusters and the National Geographic, in fact, if you go to sabrell.com, 
click on the top left button, Moonman video links, and go down to the clip that says NASA fan proves moon landing fraud. What they did, they my film comes out, it's upsetting everybody. And so he tries to prove me wrong. So what he does is he goes to a desert at night and he dresses up an actor in an astronaut suit and he brings in a big spotlight. And then he has a crew member stand to the right of him and he says, look, the astronaut shadow and the crew member shadow, they intersect. Therefore, the Apollo pictures must be real. Do you realize he's proving me right when he yes, I do. He's yes. Wrong? Yeah. He said we can't. He said just before this segment, we can't duplicate the sun. Well, sure you can. Just wait 12 hours and go to a desert and use the sun to replicate the sun on the moon. He uses a spotlight, causes the shadows to intersect, and says that proves that the moon missions are real when it's that very evidence that proves that they're a fraud because it was an electrical light that caused the shadows to intersect. So what he actually proved is that all the Apollo pictures were shot with an electrical light. It boggles the mind. The guy is so blind, just like the university professor who says if Neil Armstrong or Buzz Aldrin confessed it was fake, he would still think it was real anyway, even though he was a 10-year-old watching it on television. I mean, that's how these people are. They go out there with an electrical light they duplicate the shadow angles and say that proves that it's real, when in fact it proves that the Apollo pictures were also taken with electrical light because it was an electrical light that he used that caused the shadows to intersect. All he had to do is wait 12 hours, go to the same spot in sunlight, and the shadows would have never intersected. Okay, thank you for that. I think it's a very comprehensive answer and it gives a lot to, to go off. So um, I'll stop the share at that point of this particular section perhaps you could talk about the other really core piece of evidence in the documentary which is kind of unique to you it's something you discovered and and brought to to light uh, and that would be the what you posit is the the apollo 11 astronauts faking a shot of the earth as if they're halfway to the moon when really they're not that's correct and it's not just my opinion that that's what's happening one of my critics admits this is NASA faking being halfway to the moon. He said so. Okay, I'm like, then if every ounce cost a million dollars to get off the ground and every minute of the mission cost a million dollars, why are they faking being halfway to the moon? Why did they bring the extra weight of this one foot model in the spacecraft? He says, well, they were just rehearsing for the part where they reenacted this and showed the real earth out the window. And I said, well, first of all, if the real earth was out the window, they would just rehearse with the real earth out the window. They wouldn't need to bring a fake model to make a fake one foot model of the earth. They'd use the real earth out the window. And secondly, this footage, the best part of it, not the outtakes, the unedited reel that I got that says do not show to the public at the beginning of it, the same segment they claim in every documentary NASA has put out that it is genuine footage of the Earth floating in space, and yet my greatest critic admitted that it's fake. And then two different NBC news directors looked at this footage and both agreed it proved that they never left Earth orbit. And what a surprise, 54 years later, they still cannot leave Earth orbit. That's why there's mannequins orbiting the moon in the Artemis mission. NBC, 
was going to air this footage, which I presume you're queuing up nationwide. They were going to break the story. They paid me thousands of dollars for the exclusive license. They flew me to New York. They put me up in the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. They said, this is big news. We're going to break it nationwide. They got a call from the federal government threatening them not to broadcast it, so they backed down. Not my opinion. Opinion of two independent news directors agree that this footage proves that they never left Earth orbit. And even my greatest critic agrees this is them faking being halfway to the moon, and yet NASA uses part of this footage claiming it's real. And of course, you would not fake being halfway to the moon if you really were halfway to the moon, proving they cannot leave Earth orbit. Okay, I'll bring the image we're discussing up on screen. Of course, I just won't go into this right at the moment, we can in a minute, but this obviously leads to a, a big journey for you, where you end up being sectioned and escaping, and it takes you into a space where you're essentially directly experiencing the the faking of the moon landing because you become embroiled in the efforts to cover that up then so that that really um goes to a, a different place altogether then in terms of i, I guess how you're perceiving it but it, i'll bring this up so you can see on screen now this is the shot from uh, a funny thing happened yeah this and... is the part that that nasa claims is the earth floating in space hmm. they claim in these unedited recordings that i got the one that says don't show to the public at the beginning, that there's only one window that faces the Earth. They say they are 130,000 miles away or halfway to the moon. They say that the TV camera completely blocks the window as it would have to be if you're shooting the Earth far away. And at one point, the same image that you're seeing, you only see like a tennis ball sized image in the middle with black all around it to show they're allegedly this great distance away. And so what we see when the lights come up is the camera has been at the back of the spacecraft the entire time. This is actually the circular window of the spacecraft outside of which it is filled with the Earth in low Earth orbit. Because after all, look at the cloud on the right-hand side of the picture. You don't have one cloud going the entire you know, <laughs> radius of the Earth, do you? That's, it's not even possible. So you're seeing a segment of the Earth outside of a circular window and with the camera at the back and the lights off, then it looks like the Earth floating in space. We even have, as you know, a third track of audio of the CIA telling them to fake a four-second radio delay because the fact is they were in Earth orbit the entire time. To this day, they cannot leave Earth orbit because of space radiation. One of the clips at sabrell.com as Kelly Smith saying the technology necessary to leave Earth orbit has yet to be invented. So when NASA says hello at the beginning of this recording, if they answer right away, it gives away the fact that they're close to the Earth because if they were halfway to the moon and going through that equipment, they estimated about two seconds out for the radio signal and two seconds back, so a four-second delay. So what we hear on this never-before-broadcast tape is NASA saying the TV picture looks great, somebody counting off four seconds for them, and then the CIA and a third track of audio, a private earpiece in Neil Armstrong's ear, says, talk. Telling him not to answer right away, wait until four seconds go by. So we have that track of audio of the CIA on the tape as well, showing that they are faking a four-second radio delay. 
Okay, I'll probably play that in right at this point, so just so the audience have heard it. Okay, because I know some people say, oh, you can't really tell if he's saying talk or not, and it only sounds like that after you've heard it. So I'll play it in, and the audience can decide for themselves. Houston, Goldstone says that the TV looks great. Over. Okay, uh, Roger, we're wrapping in on Earth. So, just to check I'm getting this right, what we're being presented with here, the image on screen, is we'll be presented with the Earth, and the suggestion is the blackness around it is the blackness of space. But actually, Correct. you're saying it's the inside that it's an illusion. The blackness is the inside of the spaceship, and the Earth is completely taking up the window because it's only a tiny segment of the Earth you're seeing there. Exactly. Yeah. And we, we have the unedited version. The fact is they only aired about 20 seconds of it. And they even, in some of these shots, you may show it, they insert about maybe 20% into the circular window, a little crescent piece of black material to make it look like the Terminator line between night and day. And if I had only seen the good segments, uh, I, I probably would not have figured it out because it looks pretty darn convincing to me. The fact is we have the unedited version where they're monkeying around with the window right before the iris comes up. I hope you show that most important part because whenever I screen the movie and we see them fiddling around with their arm in front of the window and the lights come up, people gasp in horror as two new NBC directors did. So maybe you can show that part. Yeah, well. I can I can put the, the section of the video um, in and, and play it over the conversation uh, directly to what you're referring to. So was a segment of this shown on the news uh, on the, because what, what we have, what, again, what your critics say is, oh, no, this isn't, um, this wasn't classified at all. This isn't not for public consumption. Um, they say, okay, this was shown on TV uh, on the day they were going there. So you have this New York Times article that reads, Apollo coasts on towards moon, rocket fired to refine course, astronaut show capsule on TV. And this is from the, the same date. So they're saying, actually, this, all this went out on, on the TV at the time. Now, are you saying none of this went out or there was a small kind of edited segment that went out? Well, at... they, they, yeah, they, they used about maybe 10, 15 seconds of it for their documentaries. The part that was perfect without the outtakes, without the astronauts' arms getting in front of the window, without them taking down the Terminator line, without the iris coming up showing that the camera has been at the back of the spacecraft the entire time, and without the third track of audio of the CIA telling them to fake a four-second radio delay. The idea that this footage was regularly available is a complete lie. The footage that I show in my film from the unedited reel, hour long of the same special effect shot over and over again for an hour, was never broadcast. A NASA group that funds, you know, release space films one year after my film came out, released some of the footage to prove that it wasn't classified. The fact is nobody broadcast this before my film, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon, came out in 2001. That's the one, the millionaire who builds rockets for NASA, who knows the moon missions are fake, who wanted to expose it, guaranteed and gave me the money to produce it and expose it. That's a fact. And even a special note in that spacecraft, you know, film, pro-NASA film that comes out after my film does to disprove it, the part about talk, they conveniently edit out. I mean, it's amazing. They show the same opening and my film, a year later than my film came out, and they delete talk. Now, 
why would they do that unless they're covering something up? I mean, come on. Okay. Yep. Yeah, interesting. Interesting point. Um. So, let's see. This is um. Now I think that's Michael Collins there. Yeah. Um, this is this is part you, you of the. Talk yeah, this is part of when they open up the iris, and that was uh, a few seconds ago, the blue earth floating in space there, and, you know, the lower part slightly to the right of center. So the takeaway... I, I would show it in real time. And, you know, the, one of the clips of my book at sabrell.com, I think clip number four, is the smoking gun. If you go to that clip, uh, this is more of a discussion of the shot that's not in a funny thing happened on the way to the moon. And I put them side by side. I put on the left-hand side of the screen, the part that they claim is 130,000 miles out. And on the right-hand side of the screen in real time, you see the exact same earth, exact same quote, earth floating in space. And then the lights come up and you see it's actually the window and a one foot model of the earth. Show that. Okay. Just to be I mean, absolutely that, clear, that, I'm, I'm understanding this correctly. That that, so the top light there, is that the sun pouring through another light on the spacecraft, or is that an internal light? That's an internal work light that they had diffused. Video okay. cameras and, and film cameras have an iris. And in order to make the walls dark, they turned out all the lights except one work light, which they also diffused. And then they closed the iris almost all the way down. And when you know old video cameras don't do well under low light anyway that very quickly made everything black except the circular window with part of the earth outside of it and it made it look like it was the earth floating in space now if my critics say that's a one foot model of the earth and they're faking being halfway to the moon that's what it is and two nbc news directors agreed that's what it is what we have is the crew of Apollo 11 faking being halfway to the moon from Earth orbit. Well, the thing is dated two days into the flight. They claim they're 130,000 miles out, but the Earth is filling up the entire window, which means they're in Earth orbit. You see, they cannot leave Earth orbit because of space radiation. And one of the clips, which you might want to show, is Kelly Smith saying that the radiation that they'd encounter on the way to the moon is dangerous, meaning deadly, and that the technology necessary to survive going through it and back on a trip to the moon has yet to be invented. He okay. said this a few years ago. That's why there's mannequins going through the radiation in the Artemis mission. I'll ask you about that in a minute. I'd like to, I'll just in the end, talking about Artemis. But just to, just to stick on this point for one minute of this shot, because I think it's so crucial that... I, I, I know you've made the point, but I'm just going to remake it here. So just to make sure I've got this absolutely correct. What you're saying is when the camera pulls away, that light was a blue kind of hue to it there that's coming through the window. That's the Earth filling up the entire window now because they're in low Earth orbit. Yeah, the camera position actually never moved. The only thing that changed the iris going from being almost all the way closed okay. to make the walls of the spacecraft dark, uh, you know, to hide that it's a fake model. They, they lied. They said the camera was up against the glass. That's a lie. They said they were 130,000 miles out. That's a lie. They okay. said this demonstrates this, this that the you know circular window with part of the Earth outside of it is the entire Earth. That's a lie. It's a one-foot diameter representation of it. So, I mean, multiple people agree, including my critics, that this is them faking being halfway to the moon with a one-foot model of the Earth pretending to be halfway to the moon when they're in Earth orbit. Okay, I've got a, I've got yeah. three critical questions, okay? Uh, I'm going to set up for you to 
take a swing at. The first one is that if you're in low Earth orbit, you have to be traveling incredibly fast to maintain that orbit. I don't know how many thousands of miles an hour it is, but it's it's a lot of them. And you would see movement where the image... So if satellites in low Earth orbit, you see them traveling over the Earth and the, the Earth's surface changing because of that. But the image shown by the Apollo crew is basically the same for the duration of the shot, which therefore proves that they're outside of low Earth orbit. How would you respond to that? Criticism. Well, not 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 actually, uh, because one of your colleagues, a gentleman by the name of David Percy, who's a uh, you know filmmaker in Great Britain, he says that this is actually a transparency, meaning like a a slide, a big one foot diameter slide, like a color X ray, over the circular window, which is backlit by the Earth shine. Either way, it doesn't matter. That would explain why the there's no movement because it's actually a photograph of the right. Earth, a circular photograph over the circular window. If that's the case, it's fake. If it's part of the Earth out the window, it's fake. The fact is, it is the window. That's the important thing. It's either the part of the Earth outside of the window and they were able to stabilize the spacecraft for a short period of time so that the earth didn't move or as david percy believes it's a transparency photograph of a circular earth about a foot wide over the circular window either way it's the window either way they're using the window as a one foot model of the earth and it's not the earth floating in space because we see that what they claimed was space around the window was in fact the darkened walls of the spacecraft around the circular window Okay. Um, I think this next criticism is probably kind of an easy one, I would expect. But another criticism is made is that the, the, the bottom image there is the one from the video camera. And your critics would say, well, that corresponds with an actual picture taken from Apollo at the same time, which shows well, the... Well, wait, wait, wait a minute. Here's the problem already. Yep. Taken, taken by Apollo, taken by NASA. So you're saying a picture from the people who faked the moon landing proves the moon landings are real? Yep. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Duh. I mean, NASA's going to fake pictures. They already faked a full-body picture of an astronaut standing on the surface of the moon when we have a gentleman by the name of Cyrus Eugene Akers, who was chief of security at Cannon Air Force Base, who on his deathbed confessed to being a murderer who killed a co-worker to cover up the moon landing fraud, which is filmed at his base. So the idea that this little shadow from a lunar orbiting picture proves the moon landings are real, that that is, you know, the flag or the footprints or the lunar module, you're, you're saying pictures from people who fake the moon landing are used to prove that the moon landings are real? And the same thing here. In fact, several people have told me that this top picture isn't even a photograph. I went to an art show once, and there were these, what I assumed were photographs, pretty large, of scuba divers underwater. I mean, crystal clear, bubbles. I mean, I swore it was a photograph, and it was a painting. So naturally, NASA is going to come up with images. They've already faked. They're faking going to the moon. So as far as we know, that top picture is a fake picture of the Earth. or perhaps. It's the same photograph that they took and put over 
the circular window and that's why it matches because David Percy says that's what they did. He pointed out the same thing that it would be difficult, not impossible to have the earth stop its rotation or movement of the uh, orbiter and that he felt they took a photograph, a transparency, a big slide x-ray color as it were and put it over the circular window well this just proves that this is the picture or drawing that they used when they covered up the window in fact at the very end of the segment that i want you to show and if you use my clip at sabrell.com you'll show a side-by-side -side comparison of them you see they're monkeying around with something in front of the window either taking the photograph down or taking the fake terminator line down so this only proves that this is what they use above to put over the circular window so that they match. And there's really no guarantee that's a photograph to begin with. Many people have said these, quote, Earth orbit photographs are, in fact, paintings done by artists at NASA. Okay. I thought that might be a, a simple one to go through. I've got one more criticism, which I found kind of... Now, where's it gone? Here we go. Okay, so now... This, I am told, is a shot taken similarly from Apollo 11 around two hours earlier than the footage you use in the film. Okay, so presumably then it's a similar effect where the blackness of what appears to be the blackness of space is really the blackness of the inside of the, um, of the spaceship. However... Yeah, I mean, look, I... look at that. Uh, go, go back to that last yep. picture. We have a glitch there on the right. Is that a UFO? I mean, what is that? That's probably a light off of a button they forgot to cover up or something. And then you see this is the one that looks good. This is the one that has the fake Terminator line hmm. going top to bottom on the right-hand side of the picture. But that's basically a black piece of material they have inset into the circular window to make it look like. And if I had just seen this, Richard... I would be convinced this was real. But the fact is we have the unedited version of this where the lights come up, we see that they lied, the camera is not against the glass. So if this is the earth floating away, they'd have to have the lens against the glass, which is what they claim. They say there's only one window that faces the earth and it's filled up with the TV camera. But when the segment that I have, the unedited one that no one ever broadcast until my film came out, the lights come up, you see the camera is actually at the back of the spacecraft, and this darkness of space around the Earth are in fact the darkened walls of the spacecraft, which they turn out the lights and close the iris to make black. That's the segment people gasp at, which we have yet to see. Okay, this is the, the final. I'll, I'll play that whole thing over as we're talking. I'm also trying to describe it because I'm aware a lot of people just listen to this, and they'll, they'll, but I'll obviously reference the, the documentary in the, in the show notes. They can go and take a, a proper look. Um, this is my, my final and probably the most the criticism I found most compelling. Okay, so after this shot is taken, uh, well, it's not a shot, it's a continuous uh, camera. Um, the camera moves, and so that it's a consistent motion where that light there is. No, it, it, it doesn't move. The, cam the camera does not move. They have a zoom lens. This is more visible of where the location is at the back of the spacecraft that's the circular window with all the lights off and earth shine coming through the circular window through apparently a transparency picture. The one you had before was simply the camera in the same position, zooming in. In fact, Neil Armstrong says we are zooming in on the earth. Okay, so the camera position never changes. 
they are able to zoom in to make the picture look bigger of the earth and they're able to zoom out but you see the you can see the frame of the window there you see that and right in the center of the um oh yeah i mean it is the window i mean either it's part of the earth outside of the window or a photograph of the earth on top of a circular window with bright earth shine causing the backlighting of the slide and you know when you show it in real time with right before the iris comes up about 10 20 seconds beforehand you see you know the arm in front of the window them taking down either the terminator line or the picture and the lights come up and it's the window and you realize you have been lied to and especially in my video at sabrell.com smoking gun i put them side by side and you see on the left this shot of them claiming this is 130,000 miles out and then you see the shot on the right where this shot morphs into the lights coming up and it's really the circular window i mean that's it they're faking being halfway to the moon i gave them the benefit of the doubt i had people who were there who said it was fake i said well i'm not going to commit to that yet i had people who worked for nasa who told me it was fake i said well you know i need proof this convinced me i'm a filmmaker this is them faking being halfway to the moon and when you see the side by side or you see the motion of this where the lights come up that's what it is i agree my critics agree and two nbc news directors agree they're using a one-foot model of the window to fake being halfway to the moon which they would never have to do if they really went halfway to the moon which means they cannot leave earth orbit because they're faking leaving earth orbit and what a surprise 54 years later humans can still not leave earth orbit that's why there's mannequins orbiting the moon and you have to ask yourself the moon is a thousand times farther than the space station the space station is at about 250 miles or 350 kilometers that is as far as nasa can send astronauts today with 50 years better technology so what they're really saying is in 1969 when all of NASA had one millionth of computing power cell phone, they were able to send astronauts a thousand times farther into space than they can today with five decades better technology, which means their claim is technology was greater in the past than in the future. But that's a historic and scientific impossibility, which means the missions were fraudulent. Okay, I, I really want to move on to that. I'm just going to do if you'll tolerate me doing so one more screen share first of a i hope this works of a a video clip uh of what i've just i'm going to try and play that as a video i hope this works okay so you see the earth there with the illusion effect this is just a few seconds long and the camera zooms out and then the inside comes into view. So what that appears like is the blackness off to the left is the blackness of space. Well, they're, they're actually shooting the reflection of that image off of another uh, window in that particular case. What you need to show is the segment from my film. I mean, we're talking about what I show in my film and my film shows the lights coming up and the camera being at the back of the spacecraft the entire time and that being a one-foot model of the earth okay I, i'll absolutely show that alongside and um just i uh, hope to give a description for people listening so thank you for
tolerating that. Um, I hope I think it was beneficial. I, I certainly feel like I've learned a lot from from taking the time to go through that. So just to um, to move on then to this, the idea of whistleblowers. Okay, so I often hear a figure of like, okay, the Apollo missions can't have been faked because four hundred thousand people would have to have known. Well, I think obviously you have to include the tea ladies and the guy cutting the grass at NASA to to get that figure. So you don't have to go. That's kind of a ridiculous figure, but. To boil it down, do you have any kind of ballpark estimate of how many people would have had to have known or been suspicious? You know, it's a very interesting question, and it seems to have merit, but only for a few seconds. And if you think critically and actually just think one more step, you see that that doesn't mean anything. For example, the atomic bomb construction during World War II involved 145,000 people. And only eight knew the truth about what they were building. The fact is, you don't think the CIA is stupid enough to tell the guy making the glove or the door handle or the boot, hey, we're really not going to the moon, be sure not to tell anybody. The fact is, someone in the command center, one of those guys at the computer console, said afterwards, he can tell no difference whatsoever between a simulation and a, quote, real flight. They're just a bunch of numbers going by on a computer screen. And that's like saying, well, my uncle sold hot dogs at the Super Bowl. Therefore, he said the game wasn't rigged, so it's not rigged. I mean, come on. <laughs> that's like saying what a bank teller knows and what the CEO knows of Wells Fargo Bank about corruption in the bank are identical. The fact is, this is the first historic event that there was no independent press coverage whatsoever. If a guy working in the command center can tell no difference between a simulation and an actual flight, how can you on television? There's no independent press coverage. Whatever Tricky Dick Nixon and his administration said were pictures and images coming from the moon, we have to take their word for it. So it's actually super duper easy to fake going to the moon and you have everyone predisposed to wanting to believe it. Whoever killed Kennedy, he's still dead. Whoever did 9-11, all those people are still dead. This is different. This is a positive lie, giving a lie to people that they wanted to hear. It's Santa Claus for adults. You see, people prayed for them. They waved their flag. They teared up. They held ticker tape parades. They gave them medals of honor. To take that away from people, take that candy away and give them a turd, they don't want it. Remember, an aerospace professor said that even one of the astronauts confessing it was fake would not convince them he would not recant on the glorious moon landings. I mean, come on. So that doesn't mean anything. Okay, no, it's, it's interesting. I just wanted to get your sense of how small a number it can boil down to. And even if it well, doesn't boil I, down I to eight say, people, uh, you, you think it could be quite a small number. Yeah, at my, at basically, uh, the film came out, uh, and then the follow-up film, Astronauts Gone Wild, which, of course, you can see both for free at sabrell.com. And then just recently, my book came out. There was information that I knew for certain was true that I did not put in the film until the death of certain people, including the murderer of the crew that was going to be 
the first crew to go to the moon. The this is what I wanted to ask you crew. about. Okay, so before yeah. you talk about it, I'll well, just well, say because I was going to tie that in. So basically, yeah. we we ha we have that Betty uh, Grissom. I interviewed for four hours. She told me that on January 26, 1967, her husband comes home from work, says, "Hun, for some strange reason, the CIA is all over the launch pad today, monkeying with the equipment. I wonder why. And the next day, the guy's dead from, quote, equipment failure. When days before, he was preparing congressional reports to file complaints that they were a decade away from going to the moon, not two years. In fact, he held an impromptu press conference, invited reporters up to the top of the rocket days before he was murdered without permission and hung a lemon on the top of the rocket, calling it a lemon, you see? So we have homicides of people, not my opinion, opinion of the dead man's widow and the opinion of the dead man's son, who's a 747 pilot. I put this in the book, I call the chapter NASA's Greatest Fear. I read the book on audio and it's on Kindle or print at sabrell.com because if they faked the moon landing, Richard, and didn't kill anybody, you'd kind of almost, you know, uh, admire their ingenuity, right? But not when you whittle wives and orphan children. So as I'm editing my book, I'm put in touch with a gentleman by the name of Cyrus Eugene Akers, who was the chief of security at Cannon Air Force Base. And as he's dying, wanting to get right with God, he confesses he's a murderer. He murdered a coworker at Cannon Air Force Base who was going to go to a reporter and tell the world what he had witnessed, which he thought was morally wrong, which was the filming of the fake moon landing at Cannon Air Force Base, June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of 1968. Now back to the number of people involved. He said he stood beside President Johnson on June 1st, 1968, for the first day of filming because Johnson was so curious. According to his own memoirs, he was on, quote, holiday, one-hour helicopter flight away. He gave, President Johnson gave Cyrus Eugene Akers, my source, a list of 15 eyewitnesses, VIP eyewitnesses, who were allowed to come in and eyewitness it. Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin are on that list. They weren't even in the spacesuits. Another person on there was CIA, NSA, and even a science fiction consultant who in his own memoir said he was at Cannon Air Force Base in June of 1968 for a classified reason. So we have those 15 people. We have the doubles in the spacesuit. We have all the Apollo astronauts. We have the President Johnson, who knows. We have President Nixon, who gave it the thumbs up. And we have Von Braun and probably the flight director because he was on that list too. So I would say maybe 40 people knew that the moon mission was fake. They These astronauts, they didn't tell their wives. They didn't tell their children to protect them. Because after the crew of Apollo 1 was murdered by the CIA, they were told, you either do what we say or you're going to have an accident yourself. And this is why, if you look at the one and only press conference they all gave after their you know, return to the moon, for that hour, they all look like they're at the funeral of their mother rather than in the winning locker room of the Super Bowl because they're lying through their teeth and they regret it. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that press conference does strike everyone as very strange, yes. 
Yeah. So I would say, you know, if 145,000 people can make the atomic bomb and only eight knew, I mean, literally people were making one little components, they'd be in a room and we're told, throw this switch if the meter gets to the number 100. And that's it. That's all they knew. And so, yeah, I think a bank teller and what the CEO of a bank know about the corruption is different. And of course, the CIA isn't going to tell all these lower echelon people what's really going on when someone in command center confessed a simulation and a real flight looked the same to him on the computer screen, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it must be strange uh, for people you know, going to work for NASA or the CIA or any of these places today uh, will, will themselves be brought up believing in the moon landing, right? So if, if this is all correct, then there must be like a day that people get initiated into finding out the truth of that. and. Because I suppose it's almost something that even within the deep state gets forgotten with time. But how many, how many well, times yeah, for, you for example, uh, Snowden, for example, uh, he was his type of position at the NSA is probably there's probably 10,000 or more people with his security level. And so someone said, well, he never, you know, wrote that the moon missions were fake, so they must be real. You think they're going to tell some guy in his 20s working in Utah at the NSA? that the moon missions are fake you know that happened after the guy was even born or before he was born i mean of course not this is this is a top 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 secret i mean why did the federal government call nbc news and tell them not to air the footage of them faking being halfway to the moon when both news directors agreed it proves it because even though this killed the fewest number of people of, let's say, 9-11, right, which mm-hmm. 3,000 architects and engineers say it's mechanically impossible for a pinhole airplane to bring down a skyscraper, right? Look at mm-hmm. the Oklahoma City bombing photograph, half the building blown away, and it's a grid. It can't collapse even with half of it blown away. So a pinhole going in and out isn't going to cause it to collapse, according to 3,000 architects and engineers. Bobby Kennedy Jr., running for president, says his uncle, 100% certain, was killed by the CIA. Robert McNamara, on his deathbed, said the Gulf of Tonkin incident, which started the Vietnam War and led to the death of 3 million people, 58,220 Americans, that that incident was made up by him and the CIA. So I think if they're willing to kill their own president, 58,220 Americans, I think they're willing to fake an image on a television, don't you? Yeah. So I don't think the willingness is really in doubt. I think any like I think people yeah. listening to this podcast are generally aware of things like the Gulf of Tonkin incident and so on. So I don't think anyone really doubts the, the willingness to do something like this. It's more, The questions are more around, uh, where, A, whether they did or not, and then B, the capability. And that, that's where I'm, I'm directing the interview. But I think we'd, I appreciate there's a lot of people out there who would not believe they were willing to do this, right? But I don't think my listeners are probably amongst them, right? A certain degree of cynicism around here. Um, I'd like to like finish really by asking you about predictions for the future, but I'm aware there's a, a segment of your story we haven't mentioned, which is that when you took this uh, footage to the news, you were then sectioned. So part of me is tempted to say, well, if people want to know about that, they can, um, they can read your book, uh, but maybe if you want to touch upon it and then we'll just so people know what they're they're getting because i think it's it really moves you into a different category as a researcher because you're not just someone who's uh, reading books on this looking online analyzing photographs 
you're somebody who this has become real for in a way that it hasn't for most people in that you've been essentially abducted and thrown into an asylum and that, that's a big part of your narrative and that means that you can't like for my previous guest on this um randy you could if you want to disagree with him you could say well randy Rolf is a nice guy he's trying his best but he's, he's got it wrong i think he's made a few mistakes you can't really say that about bart sabrell you have to say either bart sabrell is right and um he, what he's saying is true or he's a fantasist or he's just a liar making this up right because um because you have that whole thing about being sectioned so it puts you in a different category to to most researchers because you're in a sense an experiencer a direct experiencer of this and uh, not in the yeah, same way I that went, the astronauts are but hmm? Yeah, and I went from being the biggest fan. I mean, who has a shrine of Apollo 11 pictures in their house for 10 years, seeing the drawings or the photographs thousands of times, and w literally worship the moon landings and having to reluctantly admit they were indeed falsified? I mean, you have to understand when uh, Ralph Nader found out that GM was cutting corners and knew that airbags would save lives, but didn't want to spend the extra $200 per car. When he's just exposing that, they sicked FBI agents on him to discredit him, okay? And then you have Contra Aid during the Reagan administration, and G. Gordon Liddy says investigative journalist uh, Jack Anderson was minutes away, he was cold, told to back down, Hit the plot was to put LSD on the reporter's steering wheel of his car so that he would either die in a crash or start babbling like a fool. You see? Yes. Imagine that's just that's just to, you know, not make the president look bad for spending money that Congress said he couldn't. Uh, FBI people sicked after Ralph Nader just to not put airbags in cars. Imagine what they would do against the chief investigator that would embarrass the United States before the world stage, proving they did in fact fake the moon landings. So I find this footage, I start panicking, phone calls interrupted. I'm literally followed from church in the middle of the night. I rush the tape to CNN. I'm handing it to a reporter through the back door and I'm surrounded by government agents who drug me to the point of vomiting take the tape and interrogate me. This chapter in the book is called The Funny Thing Happened on the Way to CNN. I escaped their custody. I make my way back to Nashville where I lived at the time and I peed in a cup and I said, I got them. They interrogated me with some truth serum. I told them everything they wanted to know. So the idea you have to waterboard people to get information out of them is not true. And so I peed in a cup. I gave it to a friend to put in a lab in his name, thinking I could out with the CIA. A couple of days go by. I say, well, what are the lab results? He says, well, there was a problem at the lab. And I say, oh, what problem? And he says, well, they had a break-in over the weekend. And I said, yeah. He said, well, funny thing. The only thing stolen was your urine sample <laughs> because, you know, I, I was drugged by the government to cover this up. Just like uh, Jack Anderson was about to be and harassed just like Ralph Nader was, simply to not put airbags. Imagine how embarrassing it would be for it to be worldwide known the moon missions are fake. Yeah, I have had troubled times. Now, in regard to your last question, Richard, about what to expect next, 10 presidents have said 10 times they're going to return to the moon in five years, starting with Jimmy Carter. 
then Bush Sr. said it, then Clinton said it, then, you know, Bush Jr. said it, and then Obama said it, and Trump said it, and they've never been able to do it. I suspect, as usual, they will keep postponing and postponing and postponing until something like worldwide economic collapse, worldwide much worse pandemic, or, and I have some information that seems this could be true, a comet or asteroid hits the Earth in the near future. At which point, when people can't get fresh drinking water, they were going to care less whether who shot JFK or whether the moon mm. landings are real or not. And I think they're simply going to postpone it until the world falls into that chaos and then no one will care anymore. Okay, because I actually got some clips of Bush and then Clinton and then Bush and then Obama saying we're going to go back to the moon soon or we're going to go to Mars soon or something. And I played them one after the other. And it was, yeah, well, you can imagine what that sounds like. But it is certainly, I think, a hotter topic now with the Artemis program because we're really meant to be like a year or two years away from having boots back on the moon at this point. And then there's all these predictions of like a base there. Well, that is the Artemis aim. It's a base there by about 2035. So what I've been saying to people on either side of this debate is because I heard Marcus Allen say it was put to him, well, they'll, they'll fake another mission, won't they? And he said, no, absolutely not. They can't do that. There's too many people watching today. So I thought that's quite interesting, rather than talking about what has been, about predictions for the future, because, you know, in a sense, Marcus Allen, to talk about uh, philosophy of science for a moment, he set up a condition by which he could be falsified. So if there are boots on the moon, then he's got to somehow account for that. But I thought, well, that, that door swings both ways, right? Because there's a lot of people saying, oh, these these moon landing deniers, they're going to look pretty silly when, they're, when they've got astronauts walking on the moon in one or two or three years' time. And I think, well, are you going to look silly if they're not doing that? then and at what point do you look silly is it when 100 years have passed is it at what point so um do you think it's possible to fake another moon mission now or, or do you think that the level of tracking and the amount of a amateur astronomers out there pointing telescopes at the shuttle and all the rest uh, and the, the technology we have today will that swing it in terms of it being actually even more difficult and i suppose the the increased level of cynicism like if if it was announced that they were returning to the moon next week there'd be a lot of people looking at that going and i don't think they are i think i'm going to see if i can catch them out here what do you think about that well first of all let me uh, add a little insight to the remark of the critics of the moon landing deniers what if they walk on the moon three to five years later will they you know recant uh, what they really mean is what if they walk on the moon 50 or 60 years later will they recant this is the only technological breakthrough that wasn't super surpassed in technology 10 years later, and no one could repeat 50 years later. For example, the first atomic bomb blew up in 1945, and 10 years later, atomic bombs were 1,000 times more powerful. So if they could go to the moon on the first attempt with one millionth computing power cell phone, we would have been on Mars 10 years later, we'd be in another solar system by now, and there'd be bases all over the moon. And NASA has never kept a schedule, not a single time in their entire history. The Hubble telescope was 10 years behind schedule to put something into Earth orbit with three decades better technology than Apollo. Just to send mannequins around the moon, they said in 2014 and 2018 there would be humans orbiting the moon. Well, uh, double the deadline, and they only have mannequins orbiting the moon. Bush Jr. said in 2001 
that there would be men on the moon in 2020. Now, wait a minute. In 1963, when Kennedy, or 61, when he said, we're going to go to the moon, they were able to do it in eight years with one millionth of computing power cell phone. And yet with three decades better technology, they cannot go to the moon in 20 years. The only time NASA has ever kept a schedule happens to be the most complicated mission of all time. In fact, not a single aerospace machine ever completed a successful flight on the first attempt. Not the Wright Brothers kite plane and not the 747, which was built with 10 years newer technology than Apollo after millions of aircraft had been flown. It took 168 attempts to get that fuselage off the ground. They could fake it again if they wanted to. I think they would be leery to do it. There are many space shuttle astronauts who basically have indirectly admitted that the moon missions are fake. They said someday we hope to go to the moon. Kelly Smith says the technology to survive the radiation to the moon has yet to be invented. And Don Pettit says they intentionally destroyed all of the equipment. Now, maybe they should have done that with the atomic bomb, right? But they didn't. And it was 10, uh, 10 years later, it was a thousand times more powerful. If you spent $200 billion in today's dollars to build a rocket that successfully went to the moon six times and back, the last thing you would do is to throw all the hardware, schematics, and blueprints in the furnace. But that's what they did, along with the original telemetry as to where the rocket was and every single original videotape. If you really went to the moon, you would never do that. If you perpetrated a fraud, that's exactly what you would do. So, I mean, there's so much proof, four times the proof necessary. We have shadows that intersect at 90 degrees. That proves it. We have this footage of them using a one-foot model of the Earth to pretend to be halfway to the moon. That proves it. We have the logic that you can't travel a thousand times farther into space in 1969 than you can today with 50 years better technology. And we have an eyewitness who watched the filming of Apollo 11 at Cannon Air Force Base June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of 1968, also confessing to murder a co-worker who was going to tell the world about it. As you're dying and wanting to get right with God, you don't make up a story that you're a murderer, and you don't say the reason why you committed the murder was to cover up the moon landing fraud unless it's proven to be true. The Cannon Air Force Base website used to boast until we started our investigation, President Johnson was here in 1968. One of the people on the list boasted in his memoirs he was there in 1968. So this is four times the proof that you need. <laughs> the shadows, the one-foot model, the fact that you can't have better technology in the past and in the future, and you have an eyewitness to someone who was there. If that isn't enough proof to convince you, I don't know what it is. I had to admit I was wrong. Other people are constantly admitting they're wrong about it as well. This is the sad, lost world that we live in. This is the corrupt federal government. These people are in power, and unless the truth about the moon landing fraud comes out, we'll never have honest government. That's what Orwell meant when he said whoever controls the past controls the future. And if according to Betty Grissom and Scott Grissom, who I interviewed for a total of seven hours, 
say that the crew that was going to be the crew to walk on the moon was murdered by the CIA, you better believe it. And the Declaration of Independence says we're starting a new country because the previous government became destructive of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Life. They're murdering their own people. That has to stop. We need a new government. The moon landing fraud coming out could be the very thing that could cause that to happen. Walter Bro, thank you very much indeed. I'll link to all your work in the info box, but just verbally tell people where they can find out more about you, documentaries, books, etc. Yeah, you only need to put one link. Just put sabrell.com. It's S as in Sam, I, B as in boy, R-E-L, sabrell.com. You'll get my new book, Moon Man, the true story of a filmmaker on the CIA hit list, which I read myself in the audio version. It's also Kindle and print, and it's an interactive book with 16 video clips all backing up the things that I've said, all of which is at sabrell.com. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. What did you make of that? Did Bar Sabrell confidently and competently deal with the criticisms, or were you unconvinced? Was I sufficiently rigorous, or did I take it too easy on him as an interviewer? And where should I take this next? Into an examination of fisheye lenses and videography, or maybe a debate?